Hello and welcome. Coming to you pre-recorded from my bedroom. I'm here to talk to you about self-sabotage and how that relates to work-life balance. I believe that everybody struggles with their inner saboteurs at one point in time or another, and sometimes we can do so without being aware of it. We carry these saboteurs without knowing how they might be holding us back. For me, I'm dealing with overthinking, perfectionism, and procrastinating. And this leads me to push myself past my boundaries or my personal limits at work in order to feel like a valuable member of my team. And that is something I believe we can change. We can achieve a professional standard that is inclusive for everybody. We are in an era of transition towards inclusivity and it's a beautiful thing to watch. However, it hasn't been that way for all of us. And we still struggle with some tendencies and biases that tend to hold us back. This is something I believe we can change, especially when one entrepreneur looks inwards towards themselves and perpetuates those same values towards their community and anybody or any employees they pay forward to in the future. As an entrepreneur, it's my mission to do my part to move the meter towards inclusivity by sharing my values with you. I get in touch with my values by practicing my hand at creative outlets and studying the process to develop a sustainable and consistent approach that supports my needs as a creative entrepreneur. Please keep listening for today's topic and a short pitch at the end where I will tell you about my marketing business on social media, CoFellow. If you would like to share something with me, Anchor allows you to share a voice note and I would love to include that in my next episode. Thank you so much for being here and I hope you enjoyed today's topic. Hello and welcome. I have something so special for you guys today. My friend Haley, it's been a minute since we've even caught up the two of us so I'm really really excited for today. We are talking about how important a mindset is in your business. So we're talking about the all or nothing mindset. So that's the type of mindset where like you're doing all of the things, you have this expectation of yourself to do all of the things sometimes. And then if you don't meet that expectation of yourself, then you maybe fall flat on everything because you're, you know, feeling disappointed in yourself or you're feeling like you didn't meet the mark. So then nothing is worth it. I see this a lot like in my cooking and my chores and in my work life as well. It can kind of touch on multiple different points of your life. So we're talking about it under the lens of black and white thinking as well as health and wellness. So how we can build those foundations as people from within. And then we are also talking about creativity because you know I'm a creative. I love talking about creative tips and how to be more creative and more sustainable in your creativity. And then lastly, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship and how that relates to both of our careers because Miss Haley here is an entrepreneur. I would love to give her some space to just let you know about what she does, the types of clients she works with, and just sort of to introduce what she does so that there's maybe a little more context to our conversation today. Thank you. So uh, to answer your first question of like, who am I and what I do and all that sort of stuff, I am a nutrition coach and I help people, like my, my sort of I help statement is, I help females to heal their hormones and grow a booty. Ooh, <laughs> we love a booty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds, right? Of like having this inner health with your digestive system and your hormones and your metabolism, but also having the aesthetics part of it. So growing the booty and having a, a small waist and having the curves in all the right places. So we kind of have the best of both worlds. So I love that that's so much. 
Yeah. Now, I have a bit of a question, even just to start us off. When we were working together, you were focusing a lot more on chronic pain. And this is actually how I was even introduced into the black and white mindset, the all or nothing mindset. How has your niche shifted from being chronic pain uh, individuals? Do you still focus on chronic pain? Is it just sort of like a piece to the big puzzle? What does that look like? It's a good question. I, I shifted from chronic pain coaching to more nutrition coaching because I felt as though my journey with new, um, with chronic pain has been so long that I've almost like disconnected from the starting point of where people were at, where I was coaching Okay. and it was for me to really connect with them and support them in the way that I really wanted to. So in my coaching now with nutrition and, and more holistic health, there isn't a whole lot of chronic pain in that sort of realm of things, but because I think that people just don't, they're just not resonating with the message that I'm sending. So it, it actually was like this whole process of shifting niches was really hard. Like it tore me down because I had built so much of my business around this messaging and what I was doing and helping. And so it was a, a very difficult, like butterfly moment of like going into the cocoon, getting into that mushy stage and then coming butterfly out. Butterfly soup. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And it's like, I can imagine that being such an uncomfortable process for you of feeling like you're abandoning your past self or like anything like that. And I just, I really respect that you were able to have that conversation with yourself and to really just like make the best decision that you can for you, because I, I can... I can see that. I've definitely had friends in my lifetime where I stop resonating with the problems that they face. And I love helping my friends with their problems. And I love listening and being compassionate and all of these amazing things. But if I don't resonate with their problem, or if I don't understand their problem, I start to lose patience for it. And it can be very, very difficult to have that compassion that I love to have with mm. people that I don't resonate with what they're dealing with. So I do think as a business owner, it's very responsible to focus on people that you can tangibly help that are actively like showing up in your day-to-day -day life. And there's so many people out there to help so many people. So there are people out there to help these other individuals as well. And hopefully they get to a point where they can start focusing on the aesthetics of their health and wellness rather than the foundation, the bare basics of just working through chronic pain because that's a lot more gentle and a lot more less intense i don't know so <laughs> i think that you build yeah. up to that point where you can really do that high intensity yeah i couldn't agree more and i think what like the point that i got to was like i can't i can't help these people anymore so i'm doing them a, a disservice yeah right and so i was like okay i need to make a change i need to find the people that i can help and like make a, a, a just a bigger impact yeah you know now, can I ask you, have you found those people that you can help? Are they in your circle and they're loving what you're offering? Yeah. Amazing. Slowly but surely, like, building the foundation back up. But, yes, like, there's lots of people who are like, okay, this is this is something you're you're definitely helping and teaching and supporting. And, and there's the passion there and there's a little bit more fire yeah. in it. Yeah. And I also think, too, that you have these foundations from where you come from within your business as well, from having uh pain to freedom it's kind of led you within this new business as well to have that let's say maybe more gentle approach and talking you talk a lot about nutrition when you're 
also doing a lot of fitness and I do see a lot of people um, in the fitness industry using their like just their body as their business card and that's totally valid and totally fair but when you're trying to reach audiences it can be a little bit intimidating unless you're using their language so I love that you're always in the kitchen and you're always just giving these tips to just anybody literally any person on the internet can scroll and be like oh maybe I need to work on my gut health and maybe that'll help my whole stick to just be better <laughs> um, yeah. so I, I just I really really love that and I love watching you grow and I'm just so excited to see where else you take this and it's just Thanks, super, super exciting you're welcome now let's move on to our first topic, which is black and white thinking. So I'm going to start us off with a question. I would love to know from you, what is your method of coaching that prevents clients from drowning in all or nothing thinking? And why do you advocate for clients not to use this approach to their health? Okay, so the method of this like all or nothing thinking really just comes for, from like a mindset shift. So if I notice that clients have this tendency to do this all or nothing type of thing, I just take time to explain to them that this approach can actually destroy your progress, especially when it comes to health and wellness. We have this thinking of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to make some changes. I'm going to get healthier. I notice that I need to make these changes. And so this is the big long list that I'm going to do. I'm going to start juicing and I'm going to start lifting weights three times a week. And then I'm going to get up early at 5 a.m. and I'm going to read books and I'm going to do yoga and I'm going to do all these things and detox my home. I was like, whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Totally. Because it's unsustainable. Totally. It's a beautiful goal. 100%. It's a beautiful yeah. goal, but it, I, I agree with you that it's something to work up to. It's not something to expect of yourself when you're getting out of the gates because it's a really really fast and easy way to make yourself feel like you can't do it mm -hmm. because so, nobody can just like 180 their whole life sustainably overnight yeah. it's and if steps. they do you know if they do successfully do that then other areas of their life suffer yeah right like all of a sudden their relationships are shit or they can't focus at work because all of their time is spent on reorganizing their entire life to focus on health, which is also admirable, but the mindset is tricky because it can seep into other areas of their life. So when I'm coaching clients and I notice that they have this like, well, I, I, I have my nutrition plan, but it wasn't a hundred percent. And I was like, okay, well out of the, you know, three meals a day, seven days a week, how many meals were on point? And they're like, well, there was like two meals. I'm like, girl, that's 90%. Like that's an A plus. Totally. And you're <laughs> going to results better from that, from that 90% than a hundred, because yeah. then you don't feel restricted. Then you feel like you can still live a little, Totally, you know? Yeah. And something for me as well is like, especially when talking about health and healthy living is sometimes I think that emotional piece outweighs the goal overall. So like, for example, you're trying to change your diet to be a little bit more holistic, more whole foods, but then you just have a really shitty day. You have a really, really bad day and you're craving comfort food and that comfort food for you is McDonald's. I say go get your freaking McDonald's because that emotional piece of having that really bad day and just really wanting that comfort, you know, that can go to extremes as well. Maybe if you're addicted to that comfort, that's not a good thing. But if you are working on your healthy living and you decide that today I deserve that treat, go get that freaking treat because I think that emotional piece outweighs how that might be unhealthy as well. 
because by giving yourself treats, you're incentivizing yourself to continue and to keep going and to create a lifestyle that's realistic because McDonald's is still there. It's not going to go away. If you like it, you like it and you should use it. Just not every day. You have to find that balance, right? Of like, what's going to be beneficial for you. And if you have this goal of like, okay, I'm going to allow myself to have McDonald's once a week because previous I was having it twice a week. Yeah. Once a week now is an improvement. And then maybe in a couple of weeks, I'll, I'll make a goal to be like, okay, every other week or once I'll a make month. a home. Yeah. You know, yeah, like totally. Steady, slow and steady. And the, the key I think is to not get so down on yourself for making those bad choices. Right. Because right. that's, to spiral you downwards right and like the topic of this little section of our podcast today is black and white and you just said bad choices this is something i've talked about before in a previous episode there's no such thing as good or bad a bad choice to you might be the right choice to somebody else so it's really important to keep that perspective just as people that Mm -hmm. sometimes a bad choice if looked at differently can really benefit you or a good choice if looked at more closely could be also harming you like what you're saying earlier with somebody who's trying to take on their health journey and they want to do the yoga the detoxing the fitness every single day you know like all of that stuff like that sounds healthy but is it really healthy in the end and to me there's like a lot of different ways to talk about all or nothing thinking it's black and white thinking it's all or nothing thinking it's everything is good and bad it's just like kind of like the polarizing mindset where it's like everything is great or it's terrible there's never any gray area or middle ground you were the person who offered me that i may have a black and white mindset i definitely have a black and white mindset that i catch quite often just sort of creeping in and being like no, you're not doing anything today. I'm like, okay, let's chill. (laughs) I hadn't heard of that term before. And then after thinking and reading about it, I really realized how much it actually did resonate with me. I'm the same person who can juggle like several in-person projects and my online projects and my personal life and my relationship. I can juggle all of these things without breaking a sweat while also going through major transformations in my personal life, just in my noggin. And that is the same person who can do squat of any of that and lay on the bed all day, hiding from the world, wondering why I'm such a terrible person. It's, it can be terrible. It's an awful experience to do the, the all followed by the nothing. For me, the terrible part is the nothing. I like the all part. I like going fast. I like doing things. Yeah. But it's that nothing that can really, really like detract all of that progress and can really make you even just forget of how much you've already accomplished. You know, sometimes you just really want like a little fairy to come and complete your chores for you. And <laughs> at least for me, it's not the big things that trip me up. It's the it. OK, so it's it's all up to perspective. Some people call it big things. Some people call it little things. People in my generation, they hate phone calls. They hate appointments. They hate calling the bank or going to the bank. That stuff I can actually accomplish pretty easily. They're a little menial, but they're not that big of a deal. For me, it's things like taking my dishes to the sink or picking up my clean clothes from the floor and putting them back in the dresser. It's these little things that can really trip me up in my day to day where I look at my floor and it's not perfectly clean. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm lazy and terrible and don't deserve anything good. And like... Instead of getting caught in that terrible mindset, for me, I practice doing little bits. So I'll pick up some clothes. 
instead of expecting myself to have everything off the floor, if I picked up five sweaters, then I, that's, that's enough. That's fine. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Or instead of taking a cart in a grocery store, I'll take a basket because that's a lot more lifting than pushing or parking far away and then walking to the grocery store rather than parking as close as possible. These are little things like within my own health and wellness journey that can help me still keep that in mind without expecting myself to do all of the things. It's just little tiny steps that can help me sort of overcome my fear of exercise. <laughs> you know what I think, Hannah, is like what you're describing is it's almost as if you are reserving energy for those moments when you know that you have a bigger event that would need your energy to maybe do an entire clean of your apartment. Yeah. Right. So those like, so when I'm, when I'm thinking about your, your approach to what you're doing, and I think it's great is correlating it to like exercise, right? So we go, if I have somebody on a program, they go to the gym and they do, you know, their half an hour sort of bang, 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 the things that they need to do on a day-to-day -day basis, the maintenance, let's say. Yeah. And what I'm doing is reserving their energy for those bigger moments when all of a sudden they want to lift some heavy shit, right? It's like, okay, today is your day. You've reserved all this energy. Now we're going to go hard. Right. And you get, you get rewarded for that, you know, because you, you've dialed it back a little bit, maybe intentionally, maybe not, but having that sort of energy balance, I think is really important to, to moving throughout life in general. Right. Totally. Totally. And I think like, I, I love the way that you put that as well, like reserving your energy for something bigger. I, like as an entrepreneur yourself, I'm sure you're always dreaming about where this can go and what you want to do with your business. I know I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm always reserving myself for that really big explosion of when my business is to that peak of where I dream it to be. Like when I'm 10 years into it and it's fully established and it has employees and it has lots of customers and it's like that well-rounded business of like what I can do with that freedom of time freedom of finances all of these beauty things I need my energy for that that time in my life so you know I don't want to hustle to the ground where when I get to that point I can't enjoy it or I don't know what I do enjoy from life so it's important for me to always find things in my day that I enjoy be it painting or be it like doing like avoiding things that I don't enjoy such as exercise but still finding ways <laughs> to enjoy it finding smaller things that I can do that I do enjoy rather than doing like the big huge things like you're saying where they're going to the gym for half an hour before they're doing the big heavy weight lifting that just creates more comfort in the space and it creates more confidence in the space before they then go in and do that really big hard thing Absolutely. I really love that yeah, really creating the foundation too of like whatever it is that you're trying to build. Yeah. So like, again, your your approach, if I was to say, is kind of like building a house. So like when you're doing those small little things that are like, okay, I'm going to pick up five sweaters and not do the whole thing. It's like you're not building the, the entire house all at one go. You know, you're laying down the floor, you're, 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 you know, you're doing the foundation, you're doing the painting, like, and then those bigger moments come when like, okay, we got to move the couch in. Okay, this is the day. We're doing this big thing. We've got the energy to do it because we take, we've taken our time and we've built slowly, slowly, slowly. So, right. And imagine if you move the couch in and try to build the floor first or after moving in the couch. Oh, yeah. Like it's just chaos. Yeah. So it is important to kind of pace yourself and to take a look at like, what are the action steps I'm 
expecting of myself. What am I doing right now? And to build an action plan. What's sustainable for me? How can I accomplish this big thing that I want to accomplish sustainably? How could I, if I wanted to do this every single day for the rest of my life, even if you don't want to commit to that yet, still think about it. If I wanted to do this every single day, how would I do it from this place that I am today? Absolutely. I like your analogy there about building a house. I think it's a really good segue into our next topic, which is building foundations from within. So now we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk a lot more about the health and wellness side of things. And with that, I have another question for you. In your line of work, what do you notice about clients in regards to an all or nothing type of mindset and how does it affect the results and or creativity? So I noticed clients in regards to this all or nothing mindset, it's like, it's almost self-sabotaging. Yeah. Totally. Right. And we, we kind of like touched a lot on that a little bit, but it's like, if they are not 100%, if they have this mindset of like, I need to do 100%, then they are usually the clients that will stop continuing on with the program. Cause I, I have a minimum of 12 weeks and like, you got to sign up for 12 weeks minimum. You can do longer if you want. But for the most part, for people who are like, I'm going to go 100%, they're lasting four weeks. Right. Versus those who are like, okay, I'm going to aim for 80%, like I asked them to. Like, look, we're not aiming for 100%, 80%, okay? Shoot for 80. They usually last the 12 weeks and they see results quicker and more sustainably. So that's like one big thing that I noticed. Uh, And same goes with like their creativity, you know, of like, cooking different meals and you know those people who are like more rigid of like again the black and white they're like they're eating the same thing over and over and then they get bored and then they stop like no (laughs) this is not no no no. we're not stopping life doesn't stop we're your health doesn't stop this needs to be a continual thing a sustainable thing so it's a lifestyle thing yeah totally totally totally. and i think just like the like what we're talking about mindset like literally the mindset of each individual is completely different. The, the internal narrative, if you're expecting yourself to do 100%, that's because you're looking at yourself as somebody who is not already adequate at whatever percent you're doing currently. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're saying, I'm going to do the best that I can, which could be maybe 60%, and then next week I'll aim for 80, then that kind of shows like that compassion for yourself to say like, you know, I deserve to do as much as I physically can not to push myself past that limit, right? I think it's very important just as people to monitor those limits and to not take on things or people or projects or goals that push us so far past our limits that we feel in the inside that we're not good enough just as we are. It doesn't matter if you haven't reached your goals yet. You're still this whole full beautiful amazing person so you know it's it's just very very important to practice inner dialogue i talk about that a lot on my other episodes inner dialogue is so so important to me and mindset is kind of like the other term to inner dialogue that we can talk about in terms of like shifting that inner dialogue when you're looking at your mindset you're looking at your inner dialogue and training that that's something I work on so much is training my inner voice to not 
sabotage me and it will probably always sabotage me but how can i catch those warning signs how can i own it how can i you know communicate that with people in my circle so that they understand so that they're you know also maybe looking at theirs and sabotaging themselves less like these things are all so important to me okay I think actually I do. I have another question under this topic for you. Do you notice clients tend to overthink the process for health and fitness and how do you help them navigate that? Okay. Overthinking is. That's a big yeah. one for me. Yeah. We, well, it's just a human thing. I totally. think humans overthink, overcomplicate things. They're like, it really can't be that simple, right? It's gotta be more complicated because if it was that simple, I'd already be doing it. Right. <laughs> Right. So, but thinking of like, okay, I need to, I need to like eat at a certain time and I have to do this and I have to do that. And then then that's not working. And this is, and making all those connections intellectually, it again, slows down the process. Right. So they just like, I'm just at the beginning when I'm working with clients, what I try and do is eliminate as much information as I can and like drip feed them like a, like a, like a rat, you know, of like under my surveillance, like my little fat rat, like I'm just going to drip feed you a little bit of information. Because if I give it all to you, you're just going to be overwhelmed and you're going to overthink it. It's going to be too much. And then you're going to stop. Yeah. You're my favorite mad scientist. And I do the exact same thing in my own business as well. I like to uh, not give information overload. And I like to just keep things to 30 minutes and like, we, we don't need more information than that. You should have enough action steps to take you to the next week. And that should be, that should be that. You don't, you don't need more. (laughs) I notice for me that since I don't particularly like high intensity workouts, I'll kind of put softer forms under the same umbrella and I'll ignore all of the workouts, be it softer forms or high intensity. Like I really personally love having a yoga routine, but when I'm not feeling motivated to do so, I can neglect all of them, (laughs) all of the things. So I did mention this earlier. That's where I really, really like to have little things in my pocket that I can do. Just like picking up some clothes or walking to the store rather than driving. Like even if it's just through the parking lot, parking farther away, that kind of stuff. Just that very basic little things. Like it can help me carry that habit forward and build those daily tasks where I'm thinking about doing exercise and I'm thinking about moving my body and just even having that thought process building into that habit I'm hoping in the future will also build into bigger and more complex habits where you know maybe I can go to the gym or maybe I'm going for a walk consistently every day or who knows but by doing just these little things it can help me build that inspiration and build that confidence to do bigger things as well totally totally yeah do you find that there's a lot of like misinformation in your industry there must be oh my gosh so much misinformation that's like your biggest villain to tackle oh definitely yeah uh that's a whole other conversation um but i i want to i want to touch on your um your motive the word that you said motivation i like motivation to a certain extent, but I'm not a huge fan of relying on it. So when, when I hear people say, or when I hear clients say, well, I just wasn't really motivated this week. And I was like, okay, well, motivation comes from outward sources. We feel motivated from outward sources, but if you're dedicated to what it is that you're doing, 
like your training or like your yoga or like your walking or like your self-care in some way. And then the dedication comes from within and we don't really need a whole lot of motivation. So having a really strong why of why it is that you are doing the yoga, what is it providing you? What sort of gift is it giving you? What is it providing for you? And keeping that at like top of mind will help you to stay dedicated to even 10 minutes a day. Yeah. You know, if you can't dedicate 10 minutes of your day to yourself, then the balance is not there and it's, you're going to burn out eventually. Right. And I, this is not just saying this isn't directed towards you. Yeah, Hannah, totally, but I want totally this. And I've heard you talk about this before that motivation is a limited source that you need to yeah. find something internally to tap into, whether it's a commitment to yourself or that dedication. I like that word that you used. People are afraid of commitment. So dedication is something that's a little bit softer. It is having that internal source to be able to tap into to say like, well, I think honestly, it comes from building habits too. So like if I dedicate myself to stretching every single day or doing yoga every single day, then the first number of times I will have to seek that motivation and look inside and be like, oh my gosh, like, why am I doing this thing? And I'll have to remind myself of that why constantly until it becomes second nature. And then, you know, it doesn't even necessarily require any motivation to get up and do it. It doesn't require motivation to like, I don't know, to brush your teeth because you just do that every single day. So then like you can create these habits for yourself that that doesn't require motiva- motivation, especially if that habit's aligned with you. Like if you're still doing like still really digging for motivation for something to do after like two, three months of doing it, maybe it's not aligned with you and maybe you have to look at like what you're actually doing. Um, yeah. But no, I totally love that. That's awesome. Let's segue to creative struggles. Okay. Was there a time when self-sabotage took control over your creative energy and had a negative impact on your goals? Self-sabotage is something that I deal with on a day-to-day basis. It's like a a little monster that I'm consistently taming. You're not alone, girlfriend. Oh, God, no. I know that. (laughs) I know that. Self-sabotage, it comes to me in, like, old stories that either I've been told by other people that aren't mine or that I've just created in my own head that I've now taken on as my own. Um, And these, the first thing to go, I noticed the self-sabotage is my creativity. Me too. Yeah, because it's like, it's that mindset of thinking like, oh, what what am I doing this for? Who am I doing this for? What's the point? You know, and and that self-sabotage comes in. I'm like, it's fine. I'll just sit and watch Netflix or I'll just work a little more, you know, because this is more important than my creativity. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I think sometimes that self-sabotage as an entrepreneur as well, it can put you in these very analog tasks of like, I have to get my banking done. I have to get my accounting done. I have to get just like all of these analog tasks done for other people. For me, that's usually where like I divert to is after I've been lacking that creativity, lacking making original things and tapping into my brain for original thoughts. Then I'll start to go to what is other people expecting from me and where is my plate kind of overloaded with other people. And something that my non-self-sabotage brain understands is that there's balance between those two things where sometimes 
it is important to put those people tasks first, those things that other people rely on. Other times, it's okay to just be like, you know what? My day is done. I'm going to paint. Nobody else gives a shit if I'm painting, but I'm going to paint because I like it and it's fun for me and it's calming for me. And that's that. Like, there's no other justification other than I enjoy it. And it will not move my business forward. And that's okay. That's why I have that hobby. <laughs> like, there's balance between those two things. There's definitely been times where my, uh, where self-sabotage has sabotaged me in the absolute opposite direction. Where I've had so many things on my plate for other people to do. And then I pick up my paints and I check out. And it's like three, four days before I reach out to anybody. And I just don't do the thing that I was supposed to do. And that's like another conversation about alignment. Why am I procrastinating this thing? Why am I not doing this thing? But it can also just kind of happen sometimes. If I'm in a situation where I'm like just experiencing any type of imbalance, like, you know, with a, within my relationships, it can seep into my work. If I don't, I don't know, I'm kind of rambling, but. <laughs> I think it's one of the most hard I think it's one of the hardest things that people tend to to try and find in their life is balance yeah it's like a daily practice for me is to how can yeah. I just add a little bit more balance to this day how can I shift it in any way to be more harmonious for me and like this is why I have hobbies for myself that are business related and I have hobbies for myself that are not business related so that I can kind of just sort of like look at my energy and take that inventory. Am I spending too much time being an entrepreneur? Am I thinking too far in the future? I need to bring this back a little bit to the present. That's when I pick up my paints. And then there's other times like if I'm not talking to people, then I need to like put away my paints <laughs> and reach out and make myself reach out and then I usually never regret reaching out so you know there's there's always balance in everything and I think that's like the human Please. journey is to find that balance but amazing Completely. yeah I love that overthinking for me is definitely like one of my biggest self-sabotage mechanisms Every meal that I create could be better if I added X. Every painting could be worked on a little bit more. Every script could have been a little bit better if I insert laundry list here. Everything I do must be just so. And and I really do love being creative. I typically like to have a lot of projects on the go at one time. I just need to remember that I'm the only one being overcritical of what I'm doing. I'm the only one who even expects me to do what I do. And to not allow my own inner judgments to paralyze me out of doing what I enjoy. That's mm. really honestly like my biggest practice with finding balance is how can I not let my inner judgments stop me from experiencing joy? Mm. Yeah. A- well, and I think what you're describing is there's that people have called it, I think, perfectionism mm-hmm. in a sense, right? But I think that there's power in being somewhat of a perfectionist and I think maybe no like recognizing that this is actually a superpower that like I for myself have really high expectations for myself and for everything that I do and I think that's really admirable but on the flip side the double-edged sword is that you can't allow it to steal the joy because what the fuck is life without joy it's nothing it's nothing it's not worth living right so 
having that recognition of like, this is my superpower. Here it is. But, but shit's powerful. Like, and I, we got to like manage it in a way. Right. So how can I hold myself to a, a really high standard and still enjoy my life at 80%? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I, I actually have chills when you're talking about that. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, Hannah, because I, I'm the exact same person thinking about my own life. And I've always been like that. And I yeah. think that's why you and I have resonated for so, like, even like when we first met, you know, there was that connection because like, this girl gets me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and honestly, perfectionism is a superpower. And I actually have an episode on perfectionism where I talk about all the downsides of it. And there are downsides when it steals your joy. But there's also, I think, having the power to be a perfectionist is a superpower because you have this attention to detail and you have this expectation of yourself to push yourself and propel yourself. And not everybody has that type of drive and not everybody has that care when they're doing a project to pay attention to the details. And it's, it really, really is a superpower. However, it can also rob you so heavily of joy when you are using that power over other people where you're not using it to empower yourself you're using it to empower yourself over other people so it robs you of joy when you say things like i could do that better you don't know if you could do that better maybe it's a little bit more joyous of a person thing to say that wow they did a good job or you know maybe they could improve in this little area or whatever but to look at the grand scheme of things the 80 percent like you're saying of what was done well and you know like not focusing on those little details that the perfectionist mind can pick up on when it comes to other people, when it comes to analyzing relationships, when it comes to these things in life that will never, ever, ever, ever be perfect. Mm-hmm. It's important to have those outlets, I think, for perfectionism. Like, I love having a business, having my podcast, because that's where I can put my perfectionism. That's where I can use that as a superpower rather than getting lost in it in my relationships or in spaces in life where it's just not necessary to be a perfectionist. I think balance, like again, balance is just so, so important. And like art is a practice in non-perfectionism. Art will never be perfect. I'm not a realism type of artist. I'm a cartoony (laughs) type of artist. So it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to look like a print. And that's fine with me. But I have to also remind myself that that's fine with me when I'm doing it. And, you know, it's it's about that balance. Absolutely. There's almost this, like, juxtaposition of, like, perfectionism doesn't exist, and yet we are all perfect as we are. Yes. I love you know? that. That was, that was smooth. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so let's switch gears and talk about entrepreneurship a little bit. Okay. And I'll start off with not so much a question, just kind of a guiding statement. You have had such an exciting, chaotic, and beautiful journey from when we've met. And that includes getting married, moving to Ireland from British Columbia to be closer to your partner's heritage, building a tiny house, tending this massive, beautiful garden. It's so luscious. And I'm admittedly a little jealous and living vicariously through your social media. 
would baby Haley believe this was possible? And please, I would just love to hear more about that part of your journey. Okay, so you want to hear more about like moving over to Ireland and that that type of journey? Yes, ma'am. Okay, well, let me let me just answer that question first, and then I'll get into like the baby Haley question. So moving over to Ireland was one of the hardest things that I had ever had to do. I believe it. Uh, yeah, especially at my age, because, you know, there's this expectation of mid 30 year olds to be like settling down and having children and doing all the fucking family shit, which is, you know, it's it's on the list of things to do. But like, when you hit your thirties, it's almost as if you have this feeling, especially as a woman that you need to get rooted so that you can have the foundation to properly build a family and do all those things. Right. So ripping myself from Canada, all of my roots and selling off my entire life and coming here was very challenging. Sure. Um, that it's like been the best thing ever. It's been the best thing ever. Don't like the winters though, as we come into the darker, colder seasons, but anyways, always, there's always going to be a trade-off. It's not going to be perfect. Right. It's, it's like, it's an 80% for me, which is great. And then to your question about 13 year old Haley, is it 13 year old? Oh yeah. I just well, say I, baby okay. Haley, whichever like she looks like in your mind is totally valid. Well, ever since I was young, I always knew that anything was possible for me because I had this, this little perfectionism seed that had been planted within me somewhere in my heritage, perhaps, or somewhere somewhere along the line of my life and knew that I was capable of doing whatever I wanted because I could just create this life from this little seed of belief, you know? So a 13 year old Haley, I don't think would be that surprised that I'm here in Ireland and I'm building a business and doing all the things, although it's not what 13 year old Haley wanted. Okay. (laughs) That's a different story. Can I ask you, like, how does that compare to what 13 year old Haley would have wanted I know you were you're very into music yeah yeah so 13 year old Haley wanted to be a rock star and just be on and like it was tunnel vision for a a lot of my life of like nothing else matters just me being on the stage and singing in front of people that's all that matters because that's what brought me joy right somewhere along the line I figured that I don't know, something happened where I just, I lost touch with that part of myself. And that was actually a very tough time in my life as well. It kind of broke me down and I had to figure out what the fuck I was doing. I actually turned to drugs, alcohol, and sex Shit. from that to like really build up, you know, the, the tolerance to deal with that pain. Uh, again, those are numbing no- behaviors. Yeah, totally. It was totally. So I, I didn't really know how to deal with that, but I think looking back now, I understand that the industry probably would have killed me. Yeah. You know, it just, I, I would have gotten swallowed up and, um, and, and I'm grateful that I didn't actually go down that path. Good. Um, but hindsight's always 2020, right? Totally. So totally. Yeah. And if I can say this, we are sensitive people. And I think that that is, a very very tough industry to be in but i can also argue that entrepreneurship is also a very very tough industry to be in and 13 year old Haley, i think would still be so proud of you for being in this space because if you think about it you are on a stage you are being a rock star and being a warrior and teaching other people how to be that warrior and i just think that's so beautiful i really really love that and i've said this already and i'll continue to say it i really love watching you grow and seeing where you're going to take the rest of this journey and it's just really exciting to 
witness and to see and to just sort of live vicariously through you. I think it's so, so incredible. I actually, when I was, I want to say 17 or 18, I had this huge big dream that I was going to move to Ireland to go to university. Never happened. But when it didn't happen, I told myself, you know what, we are a traveling person. We're going to see the world one day and it doesn't have to be through university. So when I was that age, I was very tunnel vision as well. And I thought the only way I could do it was through school. That would have been so expensive. And I actually ended up dropping out of college because of my mental health. And if I went to Ireland, that would have been four, five times as expensive of a mistake to end up not following through. So I'm very, very glad that I didn't go to school there. However, there is still this big picture in my mind of seeing the world and of just like going to these different places and living there for at least a short time to be able to experience the way that people live and the way the, the way that people think. And I just think it's so, so cool to uproot your life and to just go that's such a brave huge thing to do and like you still have family in bc and i'm sure you think about them every day and i'm sure they're thinking about you every day and i think that you know it's just such a such a big thing to do for yourself that nobody else may benefit from it but you but i think it's just so incredible i have a question for you actually yeah go ahead when you say that 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 was a really big thing for me to like lift my roots and leave leave Canada, come to Ireland. That was a big, massive thing. What comes to my mind and my heart is like that perfectionism in me is saying, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. Do you also experience that when you do this like big grand thing or like this thing that people typically wouldn't do? Yeah. Like, oh, God, like you did this big, amazing thing. You're like, it wasn't even really that big of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> do you get like- <laughs> I do. I do. And it's, it's, it's so interesting because like, I, I am an entrepreneur. I have a cool job. Like I have a podcast. I do event planning. I'm meeting people all the freaking time and it's a cool freaking job. And then people ask me what I do and I give them the rundown and they're sitting there like (sighs) trying to like catch up with everything I just said. And I'm like, chill. It's nothing. It's, it's not, it's nothing. (laughs) I think that that's just so interesting. And I think both of us could maybe take a lesson from that in actually to take a step back once in a while and revel in those wins that we've had, because I don't know, I actually knowing you for about maybe what, two years now, maybe even three. I don't think two or three years ago, Haley would have imagined all of this to be possible necessarily. Like, Fast forwarding from 13 year old Haley to even just a couple years ago, it was hard work. And maybe you don't personally see all of the pieces that went into it, but I remember watching your stories and I remember seeing that caterpillar soup where you're like, guys, I'm making changes in my business and there's such huge changes and I don't know if you're going to like me still and oh my God. And I just remember all of that raw vulnerability. And then I remember you moving to Ireland and how awful it was trying to get over the border just with all of the things that you needed to do to get onto a plane in this day and age of what's ridiculous and like Mm. all of those steps that like individually they could have broken anybody but for you it was what you needed to do and what you wanted to do so you did it and I think that that's just so incredible 
So yeah, yeah, it was. It was a big deal. And even if it's like no sweat off your back, when other people see it, they're like, holy shit, she just did that. Maybe there's even people from your past who are lo- creeping on your stories thinking, I never thought she would do that. And here she is. And you're just surprising people and keeping them on their toes. And I just think that's so incredible. Thanks, Hannah. I appreciate that. But I, I honestly do think it's it's a symptom of perfectionism or having that kind of all or nothing mindset of like, well, it was just a thing and it's not that big. So I can do better. I can do bigger. Like it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what I hear from that is wait guys. Cause there's more. Oh yeah, there is. There definitely is. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, my practice as an entrepreneur is to really focus my sights on my vision. I practice a lot of visualizations, a lot of meditation and a lot of like manifesting through journaling. Um, that being said, actually, I don't journal as much anymore because I do more voice notes, but either way, um, I have a very, very visual mind. And for me, it's been a practice to slow down that visual picture that I see and to really identify those action steps that I need to take to get to where I want to be because I can dream all day long about this big huge massive thing that I'm going to accomplish one day but to actually get there I need steps I need to have a one foot after the other approach to actually achieve that so for me it can be really easy at least I think any entrepreneur it can be very easy to fall into judgment of oneself when you haven't reached the goal, the big thing, that big picture of where you want to be, it can be so easy to judge yourself. I do think that it's important to aim high. I think that it's better to aim high and miss than it is to aim low and actually get it because who knows how far you could go if you're aiming low. But that being said, it's still easy to judge ourselves. And I think as entrepreneurs, it's important to find role models who can model those steps because they have done what you're looking to do. And it's also important to build trust within ourselves by growing through our failures and believing to our core that by taking action, wherever it is we're supposed to be, we will get there. I think that there's a balance between finding people who've done that thing that you want to do and also trusting yourself, having that autonomy and that problem solving and knowing that the next step that you think you should take is the right step, that you don't need to look at external sources to have a map or a guideline for where you're going. Especially, I think, as entrepreneurs, we are innovators. We are visionaries, people who are doing things differently from the people before us. It's important to have foundations. It's important to look at what's been done. It's important to look at what works, but it's also important to carve your own path. And it's also important to walk your journey because it could be seriously helping people and helping just the collective move forward and with ideas that we haven't thought of yet and building on ideas that we have thought of to make them better. And I just think that entrepreneurship is so cool. I think entrepreneurs are so cool. I also understand that there's a lot of self-sabotage that happens and there's so much more to the journey within your two ears than we even get to see online. I think that mindset, just to bring it back to our topic today, a mindset, I think it's just so, so important as anybody, but specifically as entrepreneurs, specifically as creatives, to really focus on how we're talking to ourselves, how we're talking to the people in our life, how we are identifying just as people. 
as ourselves mm-hmm. and you know to just take a deep breath sometimes yeah yeah I couldn't agree more Hannah honestly I like to look at I like to look at life through cyclical cycles like the seasons seasons you know like nearly everything in my entire life like down to the small minute things come in a season yeah you know and and having that that recognition of like this is the season where I'm going to retract I'm not going to offer as much I'm going to work on the back end of things. I'm going to learn. I'm going to be a student. You know, those are hard for people like us that are perfectionists that want to go, 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 do, do, do. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it's really healthy to see your business like that. It's healthy to see your health like that. It's healthy to see anything in your life as like the cyclical, like, oh, this, this has happened before and this too shall pass. Oh, this is always change. The only constant is change, totally. right? Totally. And even with that analogy of seasons, it goes pretty deep, I would say, too. Like, there's spring where you're planting seeds and you're you're churning that soil and you're, like, just sort of, like, making the very idea come to life. And then there's mm-hmm. summer where you're watering that idea and you're growing that idea and you're seeing how it can become from a seed to a seedling and then maybe even a sapling and then a whole tree one day. And that's mm-hmm. summer. And then there's fall where you're shedding those leaves and those dead layers of things that no longer serve you. And then there's winter where you're resting and you're hibernating and you're savoring all of those energy reserves that you have left from the summer to get you until spring. And then it starts over. And then there's yeah. new ideas and new seeds and new growth and new shedding and then new hibernation. And it goes again and again and again. And that's life. And yeah. I think that we all have our own little clock on the inside that manages those seasons. We're all in different seasons at different times. It's not the same as actual winter, summer, fall. Um, Oh yeah. And it can happen in a day. You can have your winter and summer happen in the same day. But when you learn, learn yourself, when you know yourself, I think you can tap into these seasons and to say, I'm in a growth period. I'm in a rest and recovery period. I'm in a innovating period I'm thinking I'm growing I'm you know like there's different things that you can tap into within yourself and I don't know if you get really good then you can start to channel those energies as you need them rather than just relying on your own internal whatever's to get things done totally I think that's really cool (laughs) now I can move on to our final little questions here so How do you show creativity inside and outside of your work environment? Um, inside of my work environment, I like to show creativity with, uh, well, my Instagram is like my, kind of my creative outlet, I think, at the moment. I really love like creating reels and like showing my personality a little more and like just being in front of the camera. I really like that, my stage. Yeah. <laughs> in a sense. Um, and then outside of work, my garden is a big creative outlet. I love to sing and dance. Um, I love to move my body. I love to, in different ways, I like to try and do something a little different every day. Yeah, me too. Because the mundane can become a little crazy in my head, like this little rat running around and was like, okay, you need to do something different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's <laughs> kind of how I show my creativity. I mean, it's, it's basically in everything I do, I think. Totally. And I don't know if like creativity is lost in, in anything. I think there's creativity all over the place, you know, but it's just like the perspective that people have like artwork, 
you know, some people think that art, some other, some specific arts are like, well, a fucking child could do that. Yeah. You know, like, oh. But others are like, holy crap, that's the most, and they have this like deep understanding of like the emotion and, and you know, all those sorts of things that go into that, that piece of art. So yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of nuance to it. There is. And it's up to a matter of interpretation and like everybody is different. I think like, I don't know, we're, we're pretty similar in the sense that, like, I have my, I have multiple outlets for different types of creativity. I have my podcast and my business, which is where, like, more of that, like, analytical, critical creativity goes, where, like, I can be a little bit more cerebral and, like, intellectual with it, but it's, it, that, that's actually kind of, like, my thing, is to have an intellectual style of creativity, but then I also have my like letting go outlets where I have my painting and I have like all types of creative outlets within like an art sort of context like painting drawing I don't know different mediums (laughs) but doing those kinds of things can help me like let go from the stress and the pressure of doing these types of things and like just having both is really really good for my brain totally like especially when I'm just sort of spiraling I can take a look at what I've been putting too much energy into and then adjust accordingly but it is very subjective like what I consider business to be an art I consider podcasting to be an art I consider like these very analytical types of actions to be art forms and I think that there's a way to do them correctly and I think there's a way to do them beautifully and holistically versus kind of the old way of doing things but not everybody necessarily sees it that way some people Mm -hmm. do see it very capitalist very organization very whatever like there's no art form to it no nuance to it but there's super duper is specifically talking about business but yeah like I can I can get lost in that rabbit hole so then I'm like okay time to pick up my paints (laughs) 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 so my next question how do you see clients self-sabotage in their progress and why do you think they do this where do i see self-sabotage well again it's kind of that all or nothing thinking and their mindset and i can see it right from the from the get-go like i i have an intake form that i ask people to fill in and right from that moment i can tell if they're going to be kind of this all or nothing because they're like very meticulous about answering every question and, and very thorough and like you know I'm talking um, about myself here, where whenever I have an intake like that or questionnaire, like I treat it like it's like the bar exam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where I'll write novels and paragraphs to explain my situation when the coach or whoever is probably just like, can you give me the gist? I don't need yeah. every detail. Can you give me the gist? <laughs> but it's, just it's, so- actually, it's actually really informative to, to know the inner workings of the client's mind because it allows me to help them better. Totally. Right. Yeah. So that all or nothing kind of mindset comes from, from right from the get go. And that's when the self-sabotage comes in. Right. So they're thinking like, if I can't do this hundred percent, then I'm not going to do it at all. And then they make up excuses mm-hmm. like, Oh, I couldn't do this because it wasn't perfect. The situation wasn't perfect. The timing wasn't perfect. Even like in some of my sales calls, like, Oh, it's not the right time. Like, has there ever been a right time? Will there ever be a right time? Can we talk about that? And every single time it's like, well, no, not, not really. Yeah. Or maybe there was, but that time is now gone and you're never going to get it back. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you kind of have to create the right time. You have to make the time for yourself. Ooh, you do. 
and if you can't make the time, maybe it's just not a priority for you right now. And that's okay to say as well. But I think it's important as people to be clear on why we do things like, is it the right time? Or is it just not a priority for us? Do we want this to be a priority for us? Can we make it a priority for us? If not, let's just move on and stop wasting time. But we don't need to blame time as the culprit. Sometimes it's just different priorities. That's okay. Yeah. And like making the time, there's this, such a nuance especially with like with with health and wellness like you don't have to make your entire life about it it's again that all or nothing thinking you don't have to change your entire schedule just make it a priority 10 minutes a day is all you need small little changes to your diet is all you need a little bit more movement it's all you need and you're going to see some massive results from that absolutely doing nothing from coming from a place of like not doing anything right absolutely absolutely people don't have that mindset though Hmm? they're like People don't have that mindset. They're like, oh, if I'm not doing everything, then it's not going to work for me. You know, and yeah. we, we got to bust that myth. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think a piece of that maybe can come from like just a little bit of intimidation where like maybe they'll see you practicing your healthy lifestyle as the coach, which you should. You're leading by example, which is amazing, but they might struggle with a little bit of intimidation to think, I have to do exactly as Haley does, but also knowing you and working with you, you have never been the type of coach to be like, do exactly as I do. You try and help find them, find their balance of what looks right for them because they will never have the lifestyle of a coach unless they are a coach. But even that, it'll look individual to them, right? But I do think that self-sabotage is like the main culprit and people not prioritizing their healthy lifestyle. I know it's something that I battle with from time to time. My healthy lifestyle is a priority for me, but the actions I take towards that change sometimes. And, you know, that's something that I come to terms with. That's something that, you know, I'm patient with within myself, but it's also something to get clear around and to continue striving for because I like having a healthy lifestyle. I like feeling good. I like all of the energetic benefits that come from just taking care of yourself properly and it's it's just it's a practice it's a practice and I think that more people should have the mindset of the gray area that it's a practice that 80% can be perfect when you're starting out and these are things that I have learned from you so these are these are lessons that I carry with me probably for the rest of my life and yes I think it's about time we wrap up Thank you so freaking much for being here, Haley. This was really a pleasure. I'm so... You're welcome. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so happy to speak with you for this amount of time. Like, it's been far too long. We should catch up more. But also, keep freaking posting and keep doing things online because I love to see it. And it's so, so empowering for me and so inspiring and... I really, really enjoy it. For anybody listening who would love to keep in touch with Haley, she's a fantastic health and wellness and lifestyle coach. She's on Instagram at Honeycomb Health. Is that separated by periods or anything? I will link it below. It's honeycomb.health. Okay, I will link that below for anybody who didn't catch it. And any other important links, if Haley would like to send them my way, I can include those as well. And yeah. Thank you, Haley. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, anybody who chimed in. This was a blast for me, and I look forward to just all the things coming down the line for you, Haley. Thank you so much, Hannah. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. 
You have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed today's topic, please remember to subscribe. You can also find me on TikTok under Procrastination Station and Instagram under CoFellow. I'll link them all below. As promised, I will give you a short pitch about my business on Instagram, CoFellow. It's my mission to create impact around our professional standards towards inclusivity and sustainability. To me, that looks like social and environmental impact and sustainability in creative spaces. I work with service-based and product-based businesses in creative spaces. If you're an entrepreneur and you identify as a creative, this is my love letter to you. I work with artists, musicians, coaches, makers, e-commerce stores, the list is endless. With my services when I'm working one-on-one with clients, I create content storyboards to help creators pace their information to effectively communicate with their audiences. With my templates, I help creatives develop more structure in their marketing. I believe consumers want to see the impact of their purchase, be it towards somebody's story, their own transformation, or an experience where they can become the expert themselves in any given topic. Really, sky's the limit. I help businesses market the transformation and the impact they are offering their clients. It's my mission to play just as hard as I work. This is something I hope to pay forward to you by leading by example and sharing my stories. If this sounds interesting, go give me a like and a follow on all of my platforms. I'll link them below. And once again, thank you so, so, so much for your time. Cheers.